welcome to Meet My Brain, a field guide to Asperger's. I'm your host, The Autistic Woman. This podcast is about my personal experience and knowledge. This information does not represent or apply to all autistics. A quick word, producing a podcast involves expenses, an RSS feed, hosting, maintaining a website, writing content, and more. I experimented with advertising and realized that with your support, I can keep the podcast ad-free. Become a patron now by going to patreon.com slash theautisticwoman. The link is in the show notes. I appreciate the support and I welcome your contribution. Funding raised on Patreon allows me to keep delivering content and to do it ad-free. Head over to Patreon and get involved. This episode is about music. If you're like me and many autistics, you might have an affinity for music. I'm attracted to the sound, the beat, the melody, the arrangement, and the emotion it creates. Music is complex. Music is emotion. Music is patterns. It's stimulating. Music activates the imagination. Music is connection. Music is logical. It's movement. It's communication. Music is expression. Music is creative. Music is sensory. Music is cultural. Music is adventure. Music has been important in my life for as long as I can remember. I learned to read music and how to play the piano when I was seven years old. I stopped taking lessons, probably because of my lack of coordination using two hands to do two different things. Music seemed to be everywhere when I was a child. I heard all types of music in more than one language. My first record player changed everything. I'd play records from movie soundtracks and copy the voices. There was a movie where Julie Andrews sang a love song. I felt the emotion of her performance and the beauty of the melody. I played the record over and over to practice singing it the way she had. The school chorus teacher agreed to give me private singing lessons. I liked him and it was great to have feedback and to learn. One day, he asked the band director to come into the room where we were practicing. I talked about this band teacher in the episode on bullies, so if you didn't hear it, that word may give you an idea of what the band director thought of me. Let's say he was reluctant to be there. I can still remember the singing teacher trying to convince the band teacher to listen, saying, you've got to hear this, really, you've got to hear this. I guess too many. I was the quiet, shy one who had nothing to say. I started to sing and watched the band teacher's eyes open wide with disbelief. That came out of her? My singing teacher smiled. The band teacher was caught off guard, which was the smallest of victories for me. He just didn't think I could sing with such enthusiasm and not in a quiet voice. At the next concert, I got to sing that beautiful song, I wasn't nervous. I didn't have stage fright. In fact, I couldn't wait to get out there and sing. Any fear I had was that people would recognize I was copying Julie Andrews' voice and think I was a fraud. A singer performs to be heard. An audience is there to listen. Singing gave me permission to communicate that I have emotions and I want you to hear them. I want you to know how it feels inside. I want you to know me. I was surprised at the people who talked to me after that. I still didn't know how to do social communication, so it seemed that eventually things went back to how they were before. 
I played violin in the school orchestra starting in fourth grade. In sixth grade, I joined the school band only because a guy I had a crush on played French horn, and I was too shy to even say hello. I knew nothing about the French horn. I was happy to be sitting next to him, doing something together, and not having to talk. I was in the band in high school, which started with marching band in the fall. Carrying a French horn while marching isn't easy, so we used euphoniums, an instrument that looks like a small version of a baritone or a tuba. Every school morning started with band, and I think it made a difference in how my day went. It was years later when I realized how much I missed starting each day playing music. Band was a place to socialize without having to socialize. No small talk, limited social interaction. The other players were more like me. It didn't matter what our background was as long as we could play halfway decent. The expectations were relatively clear. I learned about different types of music, the history, the terminology, how to listen better. The band traveled and I got to see places that were new. Band was the best thing about high school. Only music majors were in band and orchestra when I was in college, so that was the end of playing instruments for me. I was lucky to have an outgoing friend in college who would drag me to parties. The music was new to me, Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, the Who, and it was too loud for conversation. The guys who threw the parties were the audiophiles. Their furniture was sparse, a few milk crates, cement blocks with pine boards, and a cable spool. Oh, they did have money for a nice stereo with a turntable, receiver, and huge speakers. You have to have your priorities. Now, one thing about rock music is that it was hard to hear the lyrics, so I would guess at them. It's a real thing called Mondegrin. An example would be the 1980s Bon Jovi song, Lemon on a Pear, better known as Living on a Prayer, or there's Lucy in Disguise with Glasses, which I eventually found out is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. I know everyone mishears lyrics at times. For me, it's due to a sensory processing feature of autism, but at least now it's easier to find lyrics online. It's ironic that one reason I like music is the brilliance of the lyrics. As an autistic, I admire how musicians can use a few words to paint a picture. My taste is varied and evolving. I have playlists of all types of music from new, modern music to dance, Italian songs from the 50s, hip-hop, and I love deep bass. I play the same songs over for months or more. I used to think it was because I was trying to learn the lyrics, but it is more than that. A type of music or an artist becomes a special interest. A few years ago, I got interested in reggaeton, which is also known as pop latino. I learned all I could about the music, the performers, and even brushed up on my Spanish. I'm drawn to music that creates an intense, positive feeling. Neurotypicals and neurodivergents experience a euphoria when listening to something they like. I wonder if everyone has music playing in their heads every minute of every day and not always voluntarily. When I love a new song, I'm absolutely sure it is the greatest song in the world ever written. I want to recreate that amazing feeling I had when I first heard it. Eventually, I'll hear another song somewhere and feel sure I've found the most amazing song ever written.
I learn everything about the artist. I analyze the structure, the melody, the tempo, the words. I think about the instruments and how long it might have taken to get good. I recently saw a thread on Twitter where autistics talked about listening to the same playlist repeatedly. I had such a feeling of relief. Have you ever had this experience? Your phone is connected to the car and you're listening to a song while you're driving. You get to your destination and turn off the car in the middle of the song. You go to your appointment or shopping or whatever, and as you return to your car, as you approach it to leave, you hear the song in your mind from the exact place where it left off when you turned off the car. I'm sure that's an autistic thing for me. Songs light up my visual brain and my imagination. I can't fall asleep to music because it's too stimulating. I'll start to imagine my own version of what the song means. Awake hours are different. I'm always singing, humming, or whistling a song. Sometimes it's just there. Sometimes it's from a commercial, a video game, or something I've recently heard. There are days a few lines of a song play nonstop in my mind. It's so annoying, so repetitive, I can hardly take it. I'm sure that's autistic. And despite rumors to the contrary, I don't make up lyrics about my cats to melodies of songs I like, except occasionally. Hearing sounds that cause distress, like a leaf blower or a chainsaw, I can drown those out with my favorite music and feel myself go from stress to relaxation immediately. An interesting experience I had a few years ago was a visit to the Musical Instrument Museum. It's set up with music playing at each exhibit representing a different culture or part of the world. It was such an enriching experience, I left there thinking what the world would be like if all nations and cultures communicate through music. I have one truly all-time favorite artist who I see as possibly having some autistic qualities, like special interests, intense focus, only a few close friends, is quiet unless he's asked about music and then he's animated, rarely looks people in the eye, he's highly creative, his mind is logical and structured and always filled with music. I'm not saying he is autistic, just that he seems to have some traits. He's skilled at creating music at times mixing jazz, blues, rock, and classical. One song changes keys 11 times, something not many can pull off or would even attempt. Often his lyrics have more than one meaning. What might sound like a love song can also be interpreted as a protest against government policies. His instruments, particularly guitar, seem to be a natural extension of his body. And of course, he's a genius. He writes and performs the best songs ever written. A few things I don't like about music. How about grocery store music? Why is it so sad and bad? I've left the store in the past on the verge of a meltdown. There have actually been some studies on the type of music that increases the time and money a customer spends in a store. There are suggestions for what tempo, mode, tone, etc. is the most conducive to buying. Store owners are told that slow music is best, which has led to the term the melancholy grocery store. Absolutely fitting. I read an article recently where the writer says it well. 
Every time I get to the grocery store, only to realize I've forgotten my headphones, I just turn around and go home. I hear you, that's me. Actually, now I keep a set of them in my car because I don't want to take any chances. I won't watch movies where background music is always playing. You know, always too distracting. Films with beautiful scenery, typically documentaries, overlaid with cinematic or classical music. I'd rather listen to the sounds of the environment. Research on autism suggests that music is a strength of many autistics, and I can agree. Researchers have mixed results with the use of music therapy in autism. I'm not against it. I've seen how music and emotion are related. I'm less confident about research claiming that eight weeks of music therapy has these benefits. It can stimulate both hemispheres of our brain. Okay, I can accept that. It can build self-awareness and improve relationships with others. It can encourage interaction with others. Not sure about that one. It gives autistics a better understanding of how to act in a social situation based on the messages that a song is expressing. Is this true? I've been involved with music for most of my life and see little improvement in my social communication. Do we all live in a yellow submarine? Is love our resistance? Some studies show music therapy makes no difference in social communication. Playing an instrument was my music therapy and important to my overall sense of well-being. For that reason, I recommend it. What I found in researching autism and music is that there really is no consensus about the effects. My personal conclusion is that unless someone just doesn't like music, it is a benefit, large or small, to anyone who hears music they like. It's the person who decides what that benefit is, and it varies. Are you in the mood for something soft and light? Or is this heavy metal day? To some of us autistics, musical enjoyment is on a spectrum. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. I love hearing your thoughts and ideas. You can message me at an autistic woman on Twitter. And after you do all of that, listen to the next interesting episode. This has been Meet My Brain, a field guide to Asperger's. I'm the Autistic Woman.